0: Hey everyone, we are back with round two of the Gathering Movement with Allison Canales talking about the art of embodied leadership. So welcome back, Allison.
1: Mm, I'm happy to be here again.
0: <laughs> um, isn't this such a good example of going with ease
1: and flow, and just like allowing, trusting that this is the this is the interview that needs to happen, not the other one. Exactly. Um,
0: I would love for you to kind of reintroduce the topic again. So the question was, what does embodied leadership mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. This is good. I'm excited to re-answer this question. <laughs> um, so I think this is a question I get a lot because, and it's an interesting one to explain because I find embodiment work is done so much without words and in the language of frequency and vibration. So to explain embodied leadership is like a funny, almost, yeah, a paradox of how, you know, how do we fit this into human words for people to understand when it's really meant to be felt. Um, And that's one of the key points is that embodied leadership is a way of leading Um, through the intimacy of having a deep relationship with our bodies, our yes or no's, our our internal map of how our body works, where we hold tension, where we hold trauma, and understanding that as it applies to leadership, Um, especially in this day and age. So many of us, um, I myself have gone through processes or deep had been in a Leadership position where I led so much through my head of trying to think of okay, what's that next action um, outside of myself that's going to be um, the key to my success? Or like, what's that next tip or the next mentor or, you know, the next blog or whatever it may be? Whereas embodied leadership really invites us to come within um, and look at where us as individuals. we're uh, we're blocking ourselves from success right so much of it has to do with the body um and in a greater sense that connects with like the body of the world mother earth the elements and it kind of is this deeper um process of looking at where we can move through with more intimacy with um more trust and union within ourselves and um i kind of mentioned this in the other one but paradox and the polarity of light and darkness embodiment really allows space for wholeness and it allows space for you not to be like 110% all the time and show up and be like, "Woo, I'm so happy. I'm so like feeling good all the time. Like embodiment, like invo- allows room for like, I'm in grief and I still can make money while I'm in grief. And that's the power of it. Cause it allows us to be whole. Um, hmm. so I think that would be, that's probably the best explanation I can give.
0: I love that. And as you were talking, I'm just like thinking back to why it is that we are so like, what's the next step? I need to be methodical and strategic. And I just think back to like school and Mm -hmm. that's all that we knew. It's like, okay, we were told to do an assignment, to get the grade, to get the A, to go to college, to do this, to do that. There was always this like methodical planning Mm -hmm. and this work is so important now is because we're realizing that people are burnt out. People are so stressed. People are not in their pleasure. They're not in their joy. And we need leaders who are really embodying all parts of them. So the darkness, the grief, the overwhelm, the anger Mm -hmm. and the joy and the bliss and the connection, like all of it needs to be here.
1: Yeah, all of it. And there's space for it all, right? Instead of making it like wrong or bad or this is good and this is better. um, It allows space for us to be like, yeah, this is what I'm experiencing right now in my body. Um, And also, I think the reason why I switched into embodied leadership is because when I would work with women, it wasn't that they needed another strategy, like they knew what to do. And I I would often like have conversations and like the first five minutes of them hopping on the call, like, okay, like what's real for you? What's present for you? And they're like, I don't know, I need to, I want to make this much more money, but what strategy is it? And I'm like, in the first five minutes, I'd be like, you know what to do though? And they'd be like, oh yeah, I do. And there was something deeper going on, right? It was like, Um, them being swallowed and drowning in their own like doubt or imposter Mm. syndrome or overwhelm or burnt out or fear that they um, couldn't take on the responsibility like they or anxiety or like something else was going on rather than them like they weren't connect or they weren't trusting their own inner knowing of their body like that's what was really going on underneath the surface out of every single call I did whether that was like someone trying to get um, I remember I had two clients, like one, she was at like seven, eight K months and we got her to hundred K. And then there was one that she was just trying to get her first, um, like, you know, her first one K in her month, uh, in, in a month. And it was like this, the steps to get there, obviously they were different because their bodies were different, but the language of dropping them into, okay, well, where are you resisting success in your body? Or where are you holding on to suffering in your body? Was the exact same process because it just meant, letting, they knew what to do. They knew what the steps were. It was just about guiding them back to trusting themselves in a deep way. Um, And like you said, it's like, we've grown up in a culture um, in school or, or just even mirrored by our parents of like, being disconnected from our bodies, being disconnected from our truth, or especially um, as women, as I primarily work with women and women that I, womb carriers and people that identify as women, um, we've been really taught to be out of our bodies. Um, And a big piece of that is like, oh, it doesn't feel safe to trust my body. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's pretty revolutionary to shift into this way of embodied leadership. And I know for myself, it was like the scariest thing that I could have done because... I didn't know what it felt like to be like safe and trusting in my body or like really be in my body. Um, and I think a lot of people can identify with that wound too, of like um, a lot of us run in every different direction to not be here and now because how could it be that simple to be that successful or to be that happy or to feel wholeness within ourselves? just like here coming back to here. It's so, it's actually pretty simple, but we make it so complicated with all of our, um, different hangups and traumas and blocks, but it's actually one of the most simplest things and most natural things. Like we're all born embodied and it's looking at the barriers of how among our timeline of our lives that we've begun to be more and more disembodied
0: how did you personally start to learn about connection to the womb and connection to the body?
1: Mm, Yeah. So I had a really big experience in my life. I was 15. Um, I had a really big spiritual awakening. I was super depressed. It was like the height of um, an eating disorder. Um, And I remember just feeling really at a loss. Like I was kind of like, untethered to the world like I didn't belong on this earth Um, and that at the time I wasn't aware but it really stemmed from my childhood trauma of being sexually abused. And what happened when I was 15, I had this big spiritual awakening, um, which led me to um, move away from Canada and go live in the jungle in Mexico um, and do a bunch of ayahuasca as a teenager, um, which is so great. And which is so weird thinking back to like, that was my teenager. <laughs> but it was the best thing that could have ever happened because I almost, how I like to think of it is like, that time was the entryway to return to the land of the living, mm. um, and so much of that was centered around coming back to my back to my womb. Um, I because of my eating disorder, I didn't. I was wasn't menstruating, and that was one of the first things the shamans were like: "We need to get you menstruating again." Like, mm. and there was a whole ceremony around you know a couple different midwives and shamans and like people just like focusing on my womb for the night um which I don't know if anyone's familiar with ayahuasca ceremonies but they last about eight hours so it was like some (laughs) big womb work and I was like whatever like you know I was still 15 so I didn't really understand all the energetic like hippie stuff um and the next day after like two and a half years of not menstruating I got I got my period um, or my moon time, and it was so powerful. And from there, it was like this entry point into coming back to my life force. Um, for anyone that's like from not familiar with womb work. Um, we could, that's like a whole other conversation, but the womb, <laughs> womb is like this cauldron um, for women as our life force energy, um, and it almost was like plugging that back into me, like almost like not that it wasn't there, but it was dormant. It was hanging on by little traces of thread of being lit up, but there wasn't there wasn't a lot of flow going on, um, and it really brought me back into my body because I started to see the power that I held within my body to heal. Um, And yeah, I I really think that um, plant medicines and probably just being in the jungle so close to nature, Mm -hmm. um, it like woke up my senses in a way that, um, maybe being in more of the Western world, it was a little bit more challenging because I was off in the jungle (laughs) with with really raw things going on all the time. So my body was learning to come back online after years of being asleep. That's how it felt.
0: Mm. Wow you and I had an actually a similar experience around the same time, not with ayahuasca, but just this this awakening around the same time and coming back to our bodies and realizing how freaking powerful they are. So this is so beautifully synchronistic. Um, I'm curious who have been some of your greatest teachers on your journey? Mm.
1: That's such a good question it's interesting because I don't really connect with any of my teachers anymore. Um, you know, honestly, I think some of my greatest teachers, um, were some of the people that brought me the most pain, um, mm-hmm. definitely the people that had, uh, assaulted me. They, although there was a lot of murkiness to work through in my relationship to them, and I'm not in relationship to them in any shape or form anymore. I would say that they were my greatest teachers because and I chose to look at it like that just as a pre because I know for pe- some people aren't there yet or are in a place where forgiveness feels um you know applicable to their situation um but for me that was definitely something that came through really strongly um and seeing the people that it had hurt me in that way um as really big learning lessons um so I came to ayahuasca to come back to my body uh, mm-hmm. with hit clearing history of the sexual abuse with my father and then along that journey being in that community I realized that there was a lot of things that were kind of like out of integrity in that community which ended up resulting in one of the shamans actually sexually assaulting me so it was this big I think that was kind of like a pivotal point of seeing how important it is to be embodied in what teach Um, because there's a lot of people that can say all the things you know or even applying to Instagram or social media you know what I mean there's a lot of people that can say all the right things and have the nice pretty graphics but energy doesn't lie right um so I think that was probably those I was in so many situations like that after that shaman i was in a a Native American community where the chief, there was some weirdness that happened with him and a young girl. And I started to see that there is these huge patterns of disembodied leadership of people wanting to, you know, there was medicine, but it was for lack of a better word, like tainted because people weren't being in integrity with their truth. And I think that that's kind of a lot uh, among my life, I saw so many people in positions of power that were misusing their power. Um, and they were my greatest teachers because I think because of that I had had experienced so much misregulation, um, it made me really fired up and like almost feel like this protective sense of like we like it is so important for leaders and coaches in the space to be embodied in what they teach and to be integrity um, and to learn how to work with their, the paradox of their darkness and their light and see um, how they can, you know, move forward um, in their highest alignment. Um, So I feel like, yeah, they were my biggest teachers. I mean, there was a lot of anger to move through with them and like still a, a moving practice, but I think they really showed me the importance of like, it's you know, you have to be anchored into what you do. And that is like on a day-to-day basis of anchoring into the vision of who you are and making that commitment to heal. It doesn't just stop when you're in a leadership position. It's, you know, it's a lifelong journey, even when you are holding space for like, um, you know, 20 people in an ayahuasca ceremony or running, you know, or running a Sundance community, or you have people, 70 people that have signed up for your program. Like that is a deep devotion to serve. Um, And, it makes it, it it invites you into a deeper relationship of self mastery with yourself, which is where my work has shifted into now of like helping leaders become masters of what they do. Um, so yeah, I think that that that's probably the best.
0: <laughs> I I love it, and just to like return to the the way that we started, which was about like polarity, and it's sometimes these experiences teach us so much because Mm -hmm. they teach us what doesn't feel an integrity. And then we learn how we want to lead. And in your case, that's exactly what you're doing. It's like you saw people who were in leadership and powerful roles who were taking advantage and you decided, okay, if I'm going to be a leader, I have chills because like, you're here to teach leaders how to just be who they are in -hmm. the fullest, most honest integrity. So hmm, it just feels so good. And the visionary in me is like, okay, so what would the world look like if we had more embodied leaders? Like, what would it look like?
1: I know. I love, I love pondering this question too. And I think that a good question to ask is like, well you know what are we experiencing right now with that disembodiment right like so i think for me um and a lot of us um when i first started my journey i was super disembodied i was just like kind of like okay yeah i want to hit the six figures and get the 10k months and all that stuff and it was great you know i hit some of those goals um but i realized it was like even when you get to that destination it was the process of getting there. Did it feel good? Did it make you feel alive? Um, it, Oh, wow. Now my nervous system is a little fucked up because like I <laughs> called in too many people and I don't know how to serve them. Or like, yeah. is it imposter syndrome or actually am I not being integrity? Cause I don't know how to hold space for this level of energetic clearing or healing that someone wants. Like, is it impo- Like all of those questions are really important and you see it a lot, um, in the coaching world or in Spaces of leadership. Um, I think the biggest one, maybe to zone in on just for the sake of the conversation, is um, so much of it has to do with the nervous system, right? Um, which I feel like is such a big part of success. And what I saw is like, oh, it's not that I'm like doubting my ability to hold space for like, you know, maybe like 30 or 40 people, it's like, I actually don't have the energetic endurance to hold space for 30 to 40 people. Like, I actually am totally cool, honoring myself of like, maybe I just want to call in 15 people. And it's not that I'm holding myself back or playing small. It's that I'm listening to my body and having a relationship with my body of knowing where that is. But also, on the flip side of that, it's a very intricate process. Because Um, you know, it could be something like imposter syndrome or doubt, but it's so different for everyone because we as individuals need to know our body and our body's responses of like, oh, okay, where is that resistance coming from? And we can only do that through being present in in our bodies rather than trying to like map it out in our heads. And this is such a good point too. I think a big part of my work has helped a lot of leaders like trust their instincts and Mm -hmm. trust themselves for the answers because they think it's really often where we're looking for the next guru or the next person to save us or like, well, who's that next, like who's that next thing that's going to guide me into that next level of leadership. And it, it's so important to hold space. Like it is so important for to have people hold space for us. Um, but what's really important when we're having space held for us is also ch- having that dialogue of checking back with us is just because they have seen something or they're channeling a message or whatever it may be, like, okay, but does that register with me? Like, how is my body feeling in that process? Um, so I feel like in embodied leadership in all forms, like, it really allows space for our yeses and our, our nos, um, which seems so simple, but it's, like, how would it feel to, to really know your no's and your yeses, um and have that changes on a moment-to-moment basis sometimes um, so I feel like that like thinking in terms of that is like a cool idea like oh that's kind of like what would a body leadership would look like like seeing how that would change like even in nine to fives if people like people were managing like that um, and just at, like in the coaching world like it, it's exciting like I'm like woo regulated nervous systems <laughs> everyone wins <laughs> Uh, this is so cool, and
0: I could probably we could probably talk about this for hours because um, I always think about the the lottery winners who win mm-hmm. all of this money, and then it's literally it's a major nervous system um, overload, and they're like they can't literally hold the success, they can't hold yeah. that much, so a lot of them tend to spend it on something or lose it or whatever the case may be, and I think we need to remember that. The journey is part of the process and it's not always about the destination, which is what we all want because that's what we've been all told. But what if we could literally just tap into our bodies? And I love the idea that you're saying like, yes and no, and really just feeling into that. Um, mm, it just feels so good.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that thing about the lottery winners because that's such a good example. Or like I've even seen it with coaches, like people like bring in these high months and then they're like oh I don't know what to do and then they like they crash and burn and then and then what's really sad is like well maybe I'm not meant to be a leader Mm -hmm. or you know or you see it on the flip side when people are just trying to call in their first couple clients and they're like okay well they sign up for these programs that are like okay we're gonna get to like five figure months in three months um and then they don't do it and then they're like oh well maybe I'm not suited for this but it's like well or maybe it was because they're not to say you weren't ready, because I think that's sometimes a conversation, but it's like, well, maybe you just, your journey is different because success is different. Success is a body language. And some, like, I know for me, my journey with success was a, maybe a slower start. It wasn't this fast, rapid thing because I held a lot, a lot of trauma that I needed to clear and that wasn't done overnight. Um but the commitment to slow, sustainable success, I realize, that, oh, it it's actually it can be sexy as well. It, it doesn't have to be so flashy, um, which kind of is interesting because it kind of goes back to that conversation that we're having about like, sexual abuse and the womb. It's like it's consensual with our bodies and like thinking in terms of that, of like when we're moving in the realm of embodiment, we're moving in the realm of consent. Yeah. Um, And those two words, like, sensual is part of the word consensual. So it's having that sensual relationship with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Sensuality kind of brings us back to embodiment of, like, how do our senses feel? What is the temperature in our body when we're feeling resistance? Like, how can we drop into those spaces? Um, And it kind of creates this, like, map. Like, our bodies are a treasure map. Um, And we get to, like, explore and play with them. Um, And when we do that, the process of getting to the destination let's say that becomes a lot more fun like it becomes a lot more lighter because we're giving ourselves more room to be like i'm in grief i'm angry today but i still can show up and serve i'm holding space for like my multi-dimensionality like Mm. and we're it's permission which i think a lot of us are craving um deep down inside as leaders is permission to be and permission to lead the unique way that only we know how to lead. Um, We don't need like replicas of each other. We just need to drop into the deepest, most expressive part of us, um, which feels scary because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm here, I'm standing out as me and owning that as part of our medicine. But it is what I think embodiment is such a gateway into what I have started to kind of like think of it as like liberated leadership beyond the rules of how we're supposed to think. And I know. I love it too. I was like, I need to put a course around liberated leadership. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, I, ju- I just love everything that you're saying. And I'm curious, like what's next for you on the horizon? Like what are you in a, a time of um, introspection? Are you in a time of creation? Like where are you at on the journey? Mm.
1: Yeah, so. All of this has really been settling in um, because I took an eight-month break from the coaching world. So this is perfect. Um, I changed my name, obviously, to Allison. So this is one of the first interviews I'm doing back in and engaging in the realm of coaching and all the things. So yeah, I'm right now, um, funny that you say, um, as I talk about liberated leadership, I think it maybe was a sign. Um, I had a program called Radiant Leadership Academy, and I've had so many nudges to show shift it into liberated leadership or something because I'm realizing like that's my work in the world like all of what we're talking about the going beyond the matrix all of this kind of stuff go, bending the rules coming back to ourselves um liberating ourselves literally from what we thought who we needed to be in order to be successful so that's kind of in the works right now um of coming out in the spring which I'm really excited about I feel like there's this Um, energy behind it that's so much bigger than me and I need I literally I needed eight almost nine months off to get my energetic body ready to carry the energy behind it which feels really good Um, and then obviously the book which is exciting too which comes out in May
0: (laughs) so cool and I I I've told you this personally, but I really do honor your sabbatical
1: um, Mm -hmm.
0: and just like your time to just be with yourself. How cool. Mm -hmm. How cool. So like, thank you for embodying that and just just doing what you needed to do. Like that's to leadership to me
1: yeah thank you so much yeah it felt really good i was like i need to do this every couple years just to be like okay social media is for me and cute selfies no no complicated captions (laughs) and i'm bringing that in i was like okay i'm rewriting the rules of how i compose some cute posting dog pics and selfies and food without having to be this introspective inspiring thing Yep. um Yeah, thank you so much though. I feel so seen. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, (laughs) How can people connect with you if they'd like to? Mm, um, definitely on Instagram that's my favorite way to connect with people you can drop me a DM which is just I am Allison Canales Um, I also have if you go into Instagram all the links are probably in the link tree but I also have a Facebook group um, which is starting to be active again which is the Heaven on Earth Facebook group because that's what this work is about right is creating Heaven on Earth for ourselves again not a destination like we can be in the most tapped in joy and bliss in this moment Um, and so much of that is done through the paradox of embodiment
0: I love it thank you so so much thank you for sharing everything your story your words just your energy I'm so grateful for you
1: thank you so much for holding space for this
0: thank you everyone and just have a beautiful weekend I'm so grateful to have everyone here on this wild meandering life journey (laughs) see you all later